Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Pew Time with Tony. And Jackie. And uh, we're going to start off with some facts. So, in gun news, which is nothing really new, FOID cards are behind in applications and Illinois is leading the charge. Again. Six million background checks were in Illinois this year. And no other state even comes close in backgrounds. Um, the news part is that the Illinois State Police just hired 21 new people to alleviate some of that backlog. Unfortunately, it takes, quote, months of training, end quote. Uh, so how long it's going to actually take them to start catching up on things, uh, I have no idea. Um, I think there were like 21,000 applicants in October. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's huge. You think of, you know, 21,000 people just in the state of Illinois. That's just this month. That's not even at the peak of all their applications from like March through June or July, I think was like the peak of it. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be getting back to people faster. Right now people are waiting between 3 and 6 months for a brand new Floyd and renewals. Albeit they have an extension, originally 12 months, now 18 months of an extension if you apply for your new one, like a grace period. Um, they're still taking 11 months to get renewals back to people. Yeah. You know, eight months on the faster end. Uh, I've seen some people go like over a year on their applications, you know, that applied last year in November and December, just getting them theirs back now, say about 11 months. That's crazy. And for those of you that don't know, just a quick tidbit for you if you don't know what a FOID card is in Illinois we're required to have a firearms owner's identification so that's your FOID card and that allows us to purchase guns and ammo allows us shall we be granted yeah. how gracious of the government uh, shooting sports news not too much happening um, as far as this, the USPSA season goes because that's just about died down for the year uh, especially in colder states like Illinois, but um, last week some very unfortunate news came across. Um, there was a range officer in New York. His name is John Koziel. He's 67. He was ROing a match, and one of the competitors had an AD. Um, he was rushed to the hospital and died shortly after. So, safety first. That is incredibly unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a chance to look into it. I've just talked to a couple people about what happened. And there are some people putting a lot of blame on the gun. Not necessarily the gun, but what's required to use the gun. The gun was a Shadow too. Oh, really? Was that like a hammer down kind of thing? Right. Wow. He put the hammer down... And then on uh, Make Ready, he dropped the gun. And um, from what somebody told me, it flipped forward and <clears throat> it landed on the hammer and ignited the round. Oh. The issue with that is that, that people see. I don't necessarily see it as an issue. I'll get to that in a second. It was, uh, so the Shadow 2s don't have a firing pin block in them. Not like their sister SPO one those do. Yeah. Berettas do. 
most double actions do. Mm-hmm. There are some people that saying that we shouldn't make double actions start hammer down anymore because of this. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, could the same thing have happened if the hammer was, all of them the safety would be on? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good argument. Yeah, I, here's the thing. It's one of the safest sports with the most dangerous of activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is so few and far between. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away. It's very tragic, but I don't know if it's to cause us to jump and start changing a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like this are very few and far between. Um, I mean, the, you know, the DQ hangs over people a lot. You know, you don't want to get disqualified. Um, you do your best to be safe, not only so you don't get disqualified, but for the safety of yourself and everyone around you. I mean, I think I like to think that everyone goes there with the intention of walking out in the same amount of body parts that they came in with. Yeah. Same holes that they walked in with. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also that I think if we started diving into that, it becomes a very slippery slope for a couple of reasons. Now you're talking about the integrity of a gun that was bred for competition. Mm-hmm. And because it lacks a safety in that particular area, that it's not necessarily like drop safe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that would lead towards a lot of other things being ridiculed. Yeah. Like... 2011s that have pin safeties once you take that thumb safety off there's nothing to stop that 2011 from if it's dropped going off i mean the same thing can happen yeah that's true so it's like i said it's a it's a rare occasion it would be rare for a 2011 to do that Mm -hmm. but it could yeah absolutely you take the safety off you're in the course of fire you trip over something there goes the gun right I just watched like a competition fails compilation yesterday on YouTube and there was like 50 people that like fell over some part of the course and a lot of them let go of the gun when they fall. It could happen. It's, it's like I said, it's very tragic. I'm not taking anything away from that. And we do stress safety. Most of you have been that listen to this have been to a USPSA match and know how safe it is, how overly safe it is, really. Mm-hmm. So, I just don't think it takes... I don't think... I don't think anything needs to change in the rules. No. And I get the hammer down thing, like... It would... Uh, Albert said, he goes, hey, it would save people from being DQ'd. Larry. Yeah. It, hurt. it still hurts to think about... <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to think on it more and kind of see what happened. I don't know if changing anything is a good idea. I personally, like, if we had to start, like, double action guns and single action and still have them in production, I, I frankly don't care. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it needs to be changed. 
Maybe. Um, so yesterday, you shot a match. I did. And it was not a USPSA match. And you would think during this time of the year where we live in the Midwest. Sunny and 75. We right? would not be shooting <laughs> because it is cold. Well, I got news for you. It was freaking cold. How cold? Frigid. <laughs> Bone chilling. <laughs> yes. It, and it, it started off the morning raining and cold. Then the whole day it stayed windy and cold. Like the wind that like cuts right through you wind. And then it started to snow. And cold. For any of you who don't know Tony personally, he wears shorts in the wintertime to go clean off the driveway and clean off the cars. So... I wore pants. Sometimes. No, I wore pants yesterday. No, I'm saying yesterday you wore pants. Oh, yeah. You are the type of person who loves the cold. Yeah, I'm going to wear shorts today. <laughs> it was just... So coming from you, it must have been incredibly cold. Was... I, I probably wouldn't have made it. I it was mostly it. the wind. The wind was almost unbearable. Mm-hmm. To the point where I think it was the worst because... One of the stages was on the rifle bay, and it backs up. So if you're looking downrange, right behind you is, like, their giant trap field. So it's just a big empty field. And the wind was coming right in. Like a little funnel into your little bay? At both directions. And (laughs) uh, my buddy Alex, this was his first uh, time being match director. And he's the one. It was a outlaw shotgun match. So basically, we did like an Ipsic style shotgun, and it was a ton of fun. But it was—I think it was a learning experience. And there's nothing you could have done. I—I I felt bad because the stage that was in the rifle bay, we reset just my squad alone a dozen times, and I don't mean like. Hey, we reset, we, you know, reset the clays, the steel, stuff like that. I mean, no. Mother Nature huffed and puffed and blew that entire freaking stage down. Wow. Barrels knocked over, walls knocked over, steel knocked over. Jesus. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and then it was also the coldest baby because of the wind. Yeah. You guys got... People like you could tell people were done shooting and they were like grabbing their barrels, like just to try and get warm. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. I, I think Alex did a great job. I can't wait for spring. I'd like to do it again. I borrowed uh, my buddy Albert's uh, raced out VR 80. I think it's so sexy. Uh, it's cool looking, uh, it's a bit of a pig. Yeah. Uh, it does, it did not jam on me once. Uh, reloading was kind of a pain. I should have known better when I did a little bit of dry fire for it. Uh, the mags were empty. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. Yeah. And yes, I could have uh, downloaded by one. However, the very first stage that I shot... I ran out of ammo. Oh, no. So ammo was of the essence, and I only had four or five mags. Mm-hmm. 
two nineteens, two nines, and two fives. I had six. And you ran out of ammo. Well, the first stage, I only took two nineteens and a nine. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, I got this. This is cool. Tony didn't have this. <laughs> it was bad. So then I like overloaded. It was, it was really fun. It was cool. It was definitely a change of pace. Uh, can't wait to uh, get back to pistol. Right. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. And unfortunately, my buddy Eric had a little bit of a spill on his very first stage. He just he tripped over a stake in the ground. Instead of fault lines, they had stakes with caution tape. I don't know if they'll do that again. Mm-hmm. Um. But he ended up borrowing Alex's gun. So, he ate shit and scraped the whole side of that gun. Ooh. And that was grapple, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that video, I think. He's fine. He washed it off. He's, I mean, it was, it was painful to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, I, I can't wait to do it again. It was a super fun match. I did not shoot a match this weekend. You did not. You would have been just a little frozen popsicle. Yeah. I would have... I would still be up there now. Yeah. Feet froze to the ground. Just a, a bean pole standing in the wind. Um, I did do something fun with guns. Um, so we started a new series on Laugh and Load on our Instagram called Gun Clean and Caffeine. Which is perfect for you. It is. Because I am... All about that caffeine life. Joy, of course. <laughs> Yesterday I actually had coffee, which I normally would just have Strike Force, but I had already had two Strike Forces previously in the day. So, coffee it was. It was really good. Um, I had a bunch of people join in with me, uh, clean my 320 Legion, and, you know, a bunch of people chimed in and had some questions on, like, you know, gun cleaning products and. You know, good tips for someone taking a gun apart for the first time and cleaning it. So it was a it was a good time. I had a I had a, a lot of really good questions come in during the live, and I'll be doing those probably every few weeks. Yeah, that'll be fun. Which means eventually you'll get your guns cleaned. Yeah. Complimentary. You buy the coffee, I'll clean the guns. Deal. All right. Uh, so we did have one normal question come in, and then we're going to get to our special carry compete crush. I uh, had a question come in from a newer shooter. It said, at this point in time, should you learn with iron sights or just jump straight to a red dot? Hmm. What do you think? Uh, I Well, because I learned on irons, I would have to lean towards irons because you don't have to invest in a dot and it doesn't make you, like you could pick up any gun. If you learn on the basics, you'll be able to shoot it with a red dot. Um, you know, if you're, even if you're co-witness, if your red dot goes out, you know, are you able to shoot with irons if you don't have a red dot as an option? So you should in my opinion, definitely learn with irons. Um, and I mean, red dots are fun. You know, try it out. Take a red dot class. Yeah. It, it's it's weird. There's a lot of catch-22s for me for red dots. 
it is easier to shoot them for a new shooter because you don't really have to go through equal height, equal light, line this up here, focus on this. It's just put this dot there, pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. So it is easier in that aspect. I do think you should learn because we are still at a point where red dots are not perfect. Mm -hmm. Neither are iron sights. Iron sights break all the time. But you can at least have another option. Yeah. And learning them, it's a good skill to have. I like shooting irons. You can shoot irons very fast. People have been shooting irons fast for a lot of years now. Kind of like those auto parking cars. Like if you've never parallel parked and you buy an auto parking car. Yeah. And then you get in a car that doesn't have auto park. You're going to hit every single car on that yeah. side street. <laughs> not, to, not to say that like red dots, they don't automatically make you better. You, you found that out. Mm -hmm. Like It's a learning curve for sure. Like yeah, they're still definitely. learning to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot to, to learn. Like you just take a class. Take a class is good. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a bunch of good instructors out there. Uh, my good friend Scott from Modern Samurai Project, Jedi. Mm -hmm. He's a great one. Jim Dexter. Uh, Aaron from Sage Dynamics. I hear his class is very good. I hope to take his soon. So there's a different... You still got to learn. It's just a different curve. Yeah. So I do think... <sighs> Man. It is budget dependent. I would tell you whichever way you... Whichever way you learn, learn the other way. Yeah. Like, learn, make sure learn you do both. both. Of them. Yeah. So, but if you wanted something that would just kind of, right off the bat, if you're a brand new shooter and you've never touched a gun, you're going to find more people that are able to instruct you properly with iron sights. In the most traditional sense. Probably not the most modern way. Mm-hmm. But the whole equal height, equal light. The bread and butter of iron sights. Yeah, the traditional, like, target shooting. Mm -hmm. People will be able to help you. Yeah. So. And I'm a firm believer in go with whatever interests you. Mm -hmm. Because that means you're going to practice more, and I'm all about that. So. It's time for Carry Compete Crush. Jackie is super excited because this has been a week and a half pending. Mm-hmm. Because this is a very special carry compete crush from our buddy Mike. And we're just going to call this the World War One Machine Gun Edition. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Who carries or competes with a machine gun, Mike? They did the ultimate competition back then. Right. <laughs> Live or die. All right. There's no win or lose. These are the three. An MGO 815. Lewis Machine Gun. Or Shosha. So, first off, we're going to start here. I don't have enough time to go through what all of these guns are. I will have Jackie put links in the show notes if you'd like to further see what these guns are. It'll just be like a little wiki link so you can kind of see what's going on. If you do know what these guns are, uh, well, be prepared to laugh. <laughs> what oh. do you got? The uh, the one I'm going to compete with is the MGO815. Okay. And the reason for that is because 
is 40 pounds. <laughs> so I would have to have it on a tabletop with a bipod or on the ground with a bipod. Uh, it has 0.98 gallons of water that it uses in a reservoir around like the barrel, like a shroud that goes around the barrel to keep it cool so it will continue to function properly. Um, it's definitely a two-man operation, so maybe we can find a couples competition to shoot. Why do I feel like I'm going to be carrying it? I mean, it's just 40 pounds. You can handle it. Oh, it's about what the VRO do felt like it weighed. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you just got a good shoulder workout in getting ready for this one. Um, so that that is what I'm going to compete with, although it does pain me um, because it it shoots 8mm Mauser. And when I first looked into, like, how much would it cost me to do one competition with this gun? Well, you, you went research, research. Like you, you dug in. I did. I did <laughs> dug in. I did. I really, really did. Like, I completely geeked out on this. So, like, I'm not a history buff. So when I first saw all three of these, I didn't, I had never heard of any of them. So I really had to, like, like buckle down and, like, hit the books. And, like, I, I, I was on this for, like, hours. <laughs> um thanks for that mike <laughs> so figure if a hun if i was only shooting 100 rounds first of all it would be gone in 20 seconds because this thing shoots 500 rounds per minute so uh 100 rounds of eight millimeter mauser would run anywhere from like 120 to 200 bucks just for ammo and at first i was like oh my god I can't imagine spending that much on 100 rounds of ammo. And then I realized Cheaper Than Dirt is selling 9mm 50 packs for $59. Yeah. Which is, for 100 rounds, if anyone isn't good at math, $120. Wow. 8mm Mauser and Cheaper Than Dirt's 9mm. Same price. What the hell? Yeah. I need to get off this tangent. So, the one I'm going to carry is the uh, Lewis machine gun. So, I would shoot it in the 30 odd 6, which was made by Savage, as opposed to the BSA version, which was done in 303 Brit, because I've never shot 303 Brit, um, but I have shot 30 odd 6, and I kind of like it. And for a gun that's 28 pounds, 30 odd 6 will be like shooting a 22. <laughs> well, yeah. But that would be the one that I would carry. Um, it is 28 pounds, so I'm going to have to get creative and like a backpack kind of thing or maybe like a hoverboard that I have on a leash that I carry with me um, and put my gun on the hoverboard. Um, the one that I would crush would be the Shoshaw? Yes, that's, is that? how, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, you would not think that's how it's pronounced by the way that it's spelled. Um, that is the one I'm going to crush. Um, simply because it has uh, no cooling system, so they weren't known to work well or at all when overheated. Uh, the mags are partially open in a very, very thin metal, um, so dirty conditions, they would cause the gun to jam up like crazy. Um, that one's only 20 pounds, so 8 pounds lighter than the other one, and sorry, I'll just up my weights that day <laughs> and carry the other one for, reli for reliability. And you, sir? Well, that was really good. Thank you. Did I get an A? Like, dug, dug into it. I really did. Yeah, I totally did. What do you got? 
So uh, mine is completely different. I'm going to compete with the Lewis. Just because uh, we're already almost there with the same capacity for PCC. Mm-hmm. And I think their pan mag would be kind of cool to do on the clock. <laughs> uh, carry, I'm actually going to do the Shosha. To me, it's the most normal as far as like, I don't want to say normal as in modern day operation. <laughs> but uh, it's the lightest. Mm-hmm. And I already don't like carrying heavy guns. It's only and, eight pounds more for the other one. Yeah. <laughs> only. <laughs> and I don't really have to worry about the unreliability flaring up so much because it's a carry gun. Is it really going to overheat? You know, this is sustained fire. So that means I I'm, mean, World War Three could be right around the corner. You don't even true. you don't even know. That's true. And what if that happens and your gun overheats? You'll be running back to me. Hey, hey. Yeah, to help you carry along your uh, <laughs> <laughs> your uh, MGO815, which is what I'm crushing. It just, to me, it just has a lot going on. I just... You have the cooling system and everything? Yeah. Yeah. And I, quite frankly, I just like the other two better. I, I like them as far as just like operation looks. I haven't shot any of these. It'd be really cool to shoot them. Mm-hmm. But, so that may change. My proclivities may change. Okay. But, that's where I'm going to go with that one. It was, uh... <laughs> Thanks for that, to, Mike. It was fun. I need to find someone who has those guns so we can actually shoot them. I wonder... There's like 13,000 of the, uh... Of the Lewis guns made at one point. Uh, or, I'm sorry, 113,000 of them produced um because they weren't they weren't produced for a very long time i'm sure we can find someone there's your call to action guys let us know if someone's got one to rent i'd like to make a trip out of it and go go shoot some guns guns are cool hell yes that's gonna wrap up this episode as always we appreciate and love you all thank you for your support thank you for your wild and out crazy carry compete crush and somewhat decent questions please no more machine gun cccs i beg you i have a feeling that we're gonna just move over to the next world war (laughs) if i know mike (laughs) thanks mike uh if you guys do have a question or you a topic you'd like us to cover you can send it to us on any social media facebook instagram that's it so not any just those two (laughs) Or you can email us at pewtimepodcast at gmail.com. It would be super awesome if you guys could leave a review and rate us on iTunes. It helps us to be more visible to other people and get the word out. Yes, true. It also allows us to look at... uh, I have no idea how good we're doing as far as how many people listen to this because I I haven't unlocked that achievement in like apple yet <laughs> apparently you gotta get a little more traction before they allow that they have badges like uspsa huh I, oh God. <laughs> topic for another time thank you guys we will talk to you soon bye guys <laughs>